0: Hello and welcome into the Birds and Braves podcast. I'm your host, Luke Winstall. Thank you for joining me on the show. Today, we've got something special for you. You've got Brian Finren, former Atlanta Falcon, joins us on the show. He talks about all things Atlanta, all the way ranging from playoff chances, offense, defense, play calling, everything you want to hear we have in this interview. But first, an introduction on Mr. Finren. He played for Villanova, college football there before he came to the NFL, had his number 25 jersey retired by Villanova, had nearly 4,000 receiving yards, 265 catches, 34 touchdowns in his college career. Now, in his professional career, played for the Eagles in 1999, then for the Atlanta Falcons, played for the team for a decade. From 2000 to 2010, he was a favorite target of quarterback Michael Vick during Vick's time in Atlanta when Finneran played in the slot position. Now, with Finneran also... He played for current Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan. We talk about that in our interview. And it's interesting, especially coming from a guy that got to play for Matt earlier in his career, kind of talking about what he saw then and now where Matt is now having the MVP season, now being in 2018, a little later in his career. I can't wait for you to hear our interview. Let's begin. Now I'm joined by former Atlanta Falcon, Mr. Brian Finneran. Mr. Finneran, thank you for joining me on the show yeah you're welcome my first question i have for you with the atlanta falcons now dropping below 500 what would you say are their playoff chances going forward looking ahead at the schedule and really what you're seeing right now from this team uh
1: they're slim even percentage wise when you look at getting to four and five in the nfl at this point in the season nine games in it becomes tougher and tougher to to make it there's still hope though you uh the good thing for the Falcons right now is they have, I believe, the tiebreaker over everybody else who's outside looking in. So the six postseason teams that are lined up, whether it's, I think it's the Rams, Bears, um, Redskins, and a handful of others of Minnesota. And then on the outside looking in is Green Bay, Dallas, Philadelphia, and the Falcons. The Falcons are, I believe, four and in the NFC, and that's the best NFC record of the teams left over. So, if they can somehow, some way take care of the business over the next six weeks, they still have a shot at that wild card. Um, nine wins might do it, but I really do believe they have to get to ten. So that gives them one more loss at most over the next six weeks, and, and some tough games ahead. So, um, the door isn't closed yet, but any more slip-ups, and it probably will be.
0: And one of those slip-ups being coming this past Sunday, a loss against Cleveland, a team that obviously has just not been very good the past really decade or so. But with that, I was wondering, what were your thoughts on the game, just overall offense, defense, special teams?
1: Yeah, just um, not not a good effort overall. And when you have some of the stuff going on after the game, I think Devondre Campbell said they didn't really take Cleveland seriously, which is crazy to me, having played as long as I did in the NFL 12 years and, and go to different cities and teams and on the road, doesn't matter who you're playing. Those are all professional athletes. And if you don't take somebody seriously, you're going to get beat. And that's what happened in, in Cleveland. I think offensively, they couldn't get the run game going. And uh, Matt settled for a lot of uh, underneath routes. I think he threw, completed 30, geez, or 38 passes? 38 to 52 or something crazy. And. Um, I think only four of those went for more than 15 yards. So there's a lot of dink and dunking. Uh, Cleveland did a great job defensively coming up with a game plan and uh, keeping everything in front of them. And when you can't get the run game going, uh, it really does affect what they can do. So Matt got a bunch of shotgun situations and pretty, uh, pretty simple uh, formations and plays that just weren't working. And then the defense just, we thought they turned the corner with all the injuries they've had throughout the course of the season. Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen and Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett and different guys like that have been out for multiple games. Uh, they started putting together on that three-game winning streak, but everything kind of regressed up in Cleveland. Tackling is bad. Effort was poor. Angles were bad. Um, and it just uh, – it was a tough, tough game to watch. So they, uh, they really lost in every facet of the game to Cleveland.
0: And one guy for Atlanta that you played for is Matt Ryan. You caught passes from him as a receiver. So what have you thought of the season he's having in 2018? I think, personally, it's been really good, but, I mean, what have you thought?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's been awesome. I mean, he's top, top five in almost every single category and probably top three in most of them, talking about 21 touchdowns and three picks, third in the league in uh, passing yards, um, second or third in QB, uh, QB rating. He's done a fantastic job of spreading the ball around. I think third and completion percentage is seventy one percent. He's really playing really good football right now. Um, it just the win loss side of it hasn't hasn't worked out for him. He just it's so hard to win games when you can't play defense. You can be a great offense. Like they pretty much are twenty eight points a game almost. Um, but when your defense is giving up twenty eight, you have a tough time winning ball games. Uh, I think he's playing strong. I think he's uh, Looking good out there, and um, just a just a break here and there can get him going. They need to get force some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. So as far as Matt Ryan's concerned, on a personal note, uh, he is he's looked absolutely fantastic, and um, you know it's it's very close to what he did in 2016 with his uh, MVP numbers.
0: Yeah, and with that MVP numbers, I was actually going to ask you, do you think Matt Ryan would be a candidate for MVP should the Atlanta Falcons at this point maybe be two games over 500?
1: I think there's no doubt. I think there's a couple guys that are head and shoulder in the league. Todd Gurley's playing ridiculous, Patrick uh, Mahomes in Kansas City, and Drew Brees, you can't forget about him the season he's having. But on top of those, he's a top five guy right now if his team has a winning record and is looking to uh, make a postseason run. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: And now with Julio Jones at receiver reaching 10,000 career receiving yards, I wanted to ask you, with you being a receiver, Just, I mean, Julio Jones, what makes him such a special player? So
1: Julio can do everything you want a receiver to do at every position, whether he's split out to the tight end side as a flanker, whether he's uh, to the X side away from the tight end as a split end, or if he's in the slot. Um, His body size, strength, speed um, is just, it's unmatched, and – you can try to jam at the line of scrimmage; he's going to make you miss and run by. You can try to play zone coverage off of him, and he's going to run a great route underneath you and, and catch the ball. Um, he just, what he, he possesses, everything you want in a receiver, and, and it's tough to do. Like Antonio Brown is probably the best receiver in the league, just t- scoring touchdowns, making guys miss. But he lacks that pro to get the typical size. And Julio has that. Um, he just. He's just a machine. He's as special as it gets and so much fun to watch. 10,000 yards, initial score, and 104 games. I think the next closest was 115 games maybe, and that was Calvin Johnson who's another machine. So Julio Jones, if you can look past the lack of touchdown production, um, especially this year, but for somewhat throughout the course of his career, he's as good as it gets.
0: And another receiver for Atlanta, Calvin Ridley, His rookie season's been really good. He's really gotten a lot of attention for what he's been able to accomplish. So what have you seen just from him as a rookie? What kind of potential does he have? How good could he be in this Atlanta offense?
1: Yeah, I think he's shown it. I think uh, we had seven touchdowns already this year, and I think he's got like 35 catches or something ridiculous. So touchdown per catch ratio is out of this world. Um, He is uh, looking to break. I can't remember the guy's name, but a rookie record for touchdowns for Falcons. Um, he's got sneaky good speed. Uh, I think we saw that two weeks ago when he caught a little slant route over the middle and took it to the house for, I think, about 40 yards. Um, he can outrun guys. He, he, I think the thing people were looking at Calvin really right away uh, during training camp and OTAs and stuff was his route-running ability. Uh, very smooth in and out of his breaks. Doesn't lose, doesn't waste a lot of movement. Um, and kind of puts puts a bind on, on defensive backs. So when you have guys like Sanu and Ridley and Julio Jones all in the same group of receivers, it makes it very difficult on defensive coordinators and defensive backs as far as who's going to take who, who's double teamed, uh, who's going to cover Ridley when he goes over the top. And I don't think we haven't seen a ton of that yet. We haven't seen a ton of Calvin you know, really use that speed and burn by guys. Um, so maybe down the stretch here in the second half of the season, the last six weeks, then he got something they can kind of hone in on and give him some opportunities on some 50-50 balls down the field but he's been he's been awesome as well
0: now offensive coordinator is something for Atlanta that has been under fire I think under Steve Sarkeesian but he seems to have kind of flipped things around what to you has changed in either the play calling or the scheming
1: Of plays in the NFL, I think, ever. He was doing it in college at SC in Washington, but NFL is a different animal. And last year, in 2017, he came into the Southern organization and really and truly had to learn Kyle Shanahan's offense because the whole offensive squad, from the offensive line to tight end to receiver to quarterback and running backs, everybody was the same. The only different piece was Sark. So instead of making everybody learn a new system, Sark came in and had to learn the system, learn the players, understand what people were good at. And you could do that by watching film, but you also do it practice and um, call in place for those guys individually throughout the course of a season. And I think it was, there was a learning curve his first year. Um, I think adding Greg Knapp to the mix, who was an uh, offensive coordinator in the NFL for quite some time. Greg Knapp is a quarterback coach now and, and a really good offensive mind for the Falcons, good red zone scheme as well. So I think the biggest issues for Sark last year was the red zone. And really, if you watch the games this year, that's been fixed, all except last week in Cleveland. Uh, They've been awesome in the red zone. So I think it's a a couple of different things. I think it's learning the system, learning the players, and then learning how to call plays in the NFL. And get a year under your belt for Sark was was valuable um, as it gets as far as learning all those things and be able to implement it this year and having a full offseason with Julio practicing all offseason long and Calvin Ridley coming in from day one this offseason. Matt Ryan always there. Sanu always there. So all those things help a lot, and um, I think you can see it's paying dividends this year.
0: Now defensively, one thing for Atlanta that has not been great this year is the pass rush. They add Bruce Irvin. How much does that help, do you think? Well,
1: I hope a lot. That first game last week, they didn't have any sacks. Baker Mayfield got the ball in his hands quickly up there in Cleveland. A lot of slant routes, a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of screens. Um, And then one good throw he made on a little scramble. But you got very little pressure on him. I think Bruce Irvin will help. Um, It could be any worse. I think 17 sacks over nine games, which is not what you're looking for in the NFL. I think the leaders are up over 30 as far as teams are concerned. And and, uh, really, Vic Beasley struggling to get to the quarterback and really be – He's got one tackle in the last five games, so I'm not sure what's going on with Vic Be- Beasley. Um, Tack McKinley a bit banged up, but he's got to start showing up as well. And I think when Bruce Irvin really gets into this thing, maybe maybe this week versus Dallas, uh, maybe another week or whatever, he's gonna have an opportunity to start showing his impact on the field and and seeing what can happen. I just there's a, there's a there comes a moment in a football game, and throughout the course of a season, you gotta have that dog in you, and if you just Make flip a switch and put that helmet on. You got to get angry and mean and mad, and you got to try to go kill the quarterback. And we have not had that mentality so far this year. And and, and if we can't get it, it's going to continue to hurt this t- defense as a whole. I think you've seen that. Without getting pressure on the quarterback, our defensive backs who are supposed to be really good and can, and um, Desmond Trufant and Robert Alford, they are really struggling as well. And I don't know, the two do, do go hand in hand. But those guys got to play better, um, and it'll help if you get a pass rush.
0: Now one piece of good news for Atlanta would be getting Dion Jones back. I believe today he was activated off of IR. So what does that mean to Atlanta to get a player of his caliber back?
1: Oh, it's awesome. One of the biggest things we've had is missed tackles. And then um, assignment issues. Duke Riley is a nice football player. You don't make him in the NFL unless you're a pretty good football player, but he really – Duke Riley, who was filling in for Deion Jones, really struggled in every facet of the game, recognizing uh, route concepts, making tackles, wrapping up, all those things that Duke, that Deion Jones is really good at, Duke Riley has struggled at. So I think once he gets back, and I don't know if that's going to be this week against the Cowboys or he needs to get another week underneath his belt and practice hitting and, and running around. Uh, maybe he comes back the following week on a Thursday night in um, in New Orleans. But getting him back is is a godsend because that defense is really, really struggling. He's a super athlete, um, understands the game, has the speed and uh, power to get to the ball and, and make tackles and, and wrap guys up. So he's um, he's just another piece that's been missing this year, man, and he really noticed it throughout the course of the season with Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal out also. It's just it's really paid. It's really, really hurt this football team throughout the course of the first nine weeks.
0: And one more question I have for you. For the Atlanta Falcons, do you think their kind of window might be closing? You've got some contracts coming up, and this, this season, can you give the organization, being the coaches, players, management, can you give that a, pa- a pass this season due to some injuries to all, a lot of the key players and Pro Bowl guys?
1: So I think you got to um, dial down your expectations when you have four starters on their defense side of the ball get hurt. So, yeah, I think you can give them somewhat of a pass. But that said, you, got, you can't they can't be an excuse. you got to get guys to play. you got to have them prepared to play. And it's running and tackling and hitting. So, to a certain extent, yes, I give them a pass. But those guys out there have to play better. The guys that are on the field have to play better and try to make stuff happen. And there was the other question.
0: The other question was, do you think the Falcons' window is closing with some of the contracts oh, yeah. coming up?
1: So it looks like Tevin Coleman, there's a good chance he'll be gone. He'll have an opportunity to cash in and get a good contract, which is great for him because with the money that we've had tied up in Devontae Freeman, who's hurt right now, um, I don't think you can afford to bring back Tevin Coleman. So he'll probably be gone. I don't think they re-signed Vic Beasley. I know he has the franchise tag. Not the franchise tag. He has the uh, fifth-year option for next year. But if you cut him before March of uh, March of the new league year, then you don't owe him anything. As long as he doesn't get hurt this year, it's only guaranteed if he gets hurt by the end of the season. Um, so you lose him as well, which I don't think will be a huge impact. Uh, the window is definitely getting a little bit tighter. I think Julio being 30 years old, Matt Ryan getting up there a little bit, uh, Samus getting older. Uh, with that said, Devontae Freeman still got some youth. Edo Smith looks good. Austin Hooper's young. You need to get a couple pieces on the offensive defensive line. If you can find two or three guys to make an impact for you, on the O&D line going into next year. I think you got a chance to get right back in the mix because Keanu Neal's back. Ricardo Allen's under contract. Both the corners are back. Deion Jones is still there. Grady Jarrett will get broke off and get a nice deal. So you have enough pieces to do something in the next few years, but you got to make the right moves this offseason, and uh, and you can't miss anymore. You can't have any more Duke Riley's. You can't have Dick Beasley not performing on the football field. But there's definitely – they're still open. I still think you have an opportunity to be a really good football team, make another postseason run next year, and then um, once you make it into, into that postseason tournament, anything can happen.
0: Would you say that Grady Jarrett would be the first guy that you pay or the first guy you take care of this off season?
1: Yeah, no doubt in my mind. He's been he's been the consummate pro. He's a leader on that defense. Uh, he's disruptive uh, in the trenches. Uh, slightly undersized, but he plays as big as I've seen anybody play. Super active and really fun to watch. From my favorite player. Uh, on this Falcons team, for sure.
0: All right, Mr. Finneran, that's all I have. Thank you for your time.
1: Oh, yeah, you got it, Luke. I enjoyed it, man.